0: And we are kicking off a new series this Sunday entitled, Awake My Soul, because we all sleep. Most of us sleep on the average about seven to eight hours a night, and sleep is a very good thing. I mean, God rested on the seventh day. All of us need a proper amount of rest. Most Most of us fall asleep in our beds, at home, at night, but sometimes we fall asleep at the wrong time. Sometimes we fall asleep in the wrong place. I just want to take a quick poll here. Anybody ever fall asleep at school? Just raise your hand. There they are. I see those hands. you fallen asleep at school. Okay, how about this next one? Have you ever fallen asleep on a date? Maybe it was at the movie. There it is. Maybe it was during dinner. Maybe it was afterwards you fall asleep on a date. Okay, I see those things. Now, those, this one might be hard to believe. I've heard it happen in some places, but have you ever fallen asleep at church? Okay, just a handful. That's good to see. A friend of mine said that the pastor's wife often fell asleep during his sermons. And I said to myself, that would be really hard to, to, to handle if my wife fell asleep all the time during the sermons, but that doesn't happen here because we have a great time. So here's the last one. Have you ever fallen asleep at work? Raise your hand. Ever fallen asleep at the job, on your job? You're just a little bit too tired. You fell asleep. Keep your hands up if you got caught falling asleep on the job. All right, there's still a couple of those hands raised. Here's a quick clip of a guy that fell asleep at work and everybody caught him. And the results show a little something for everybody. Douglas Ader is live in D.C. with the update on all of this. Doug, good morning. Good to see you. I guess 631 pretty much the way it breaks down, eh? Maybe. Hello, Doug. Hi, Doug. Uh, I guess not. We'll check in in a minute. You couldn't wake Doug up there from his sleep. He was resting very, very soundly, but at the wrong time, in the wrong place. And sometimes that happens to us at church or at work or at school or in homes or in life. We sometimes fall asleep. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's the head of an organization, and he told me that at this one point in the history of organization, he fell asleep. He, uh, he didn't fall asleep. Literally, he hired a few people and they basically did his job. And he, in his words, fell asleep at the wheel. And the organization suffered greatly because he was not awake. I was talking to some uh, teachers at my friend's school. It was before school started and I was going around visiting different classrooms and I met one of the teachers and the teacher said to me these words. I've been teaching at the same school, in the same room, with the same subject matter for 16 years. And I says, hey, you must be either in a rut or in a groove. In a rut, you know, you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again, or you're in a groove. I mean, you're feeling it, you know your stuff, you're having a great time. Which one are you, in a rut or a groove? He says, I'll tell you in a couple months. (laughs) I don't know quite yet. The school hasn't even started yet, but sometimes we get that way. Sometimes we can get in a rut Or in a groove and we can fall asleep at the wheel. A grandparent recently said to me, I blinked and my children were gone. I blinked and my children were already grown up out of the house and I missed. I slept through some of the best times of life. A high school senior, actually a high school graduate, said to me a couple of months ago, he says, I I went through school and I basically slept. I didn't literally sleep, but I didn't really apply myself. And now I'm facing difficult challenges in college, because I slept through high school. All too often, we sleep at the wrong time. We sleep at work, at home, at church, at school, and we don't really live. We go through the motions. We check out. We go on autopilot. And that's why the psalmist wrote, wake up, awake my soul. Ring the alarm. Stop going through the motions and live. David Thoreau wrote it this way. Most men live lives of quiet desperation and go, through, go to the grave with their songs still in them. Ben Franklin wrote, Many men die at 25 and not buried until they're 75. But St. Irenaeus wrote this. The glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. And that's why the psalmist wrote, wake up, awake my soul, because God is most glorified when we're most fully alive in him. And did you notice who the psalmist was writing to? The psalmist was not writing a prayer. This was not a prayer to God. Awake me, God. This was not even a a word of command to us, the readers. Awake. He was speaking to himself. He was yelling to his soul. Wake up. Awake, my soul. Ring the alarm. Don't miss the opportunities at home, at work, at school. Sound the alarm. Awake, my soul, and live. And that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. We're going to sound the alarm. We're going to study the book of Psalms. And we're going to awaken our souls and live for the things that matter most in life. See, we're at the beginning of a new series. A series that's going to take us through the next couple of months until we get to December. It's a series all about the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms has many different psalms. There's Psalms of Praise, Psalm of Lament, Psalms of Thanksgiving. And we're going to go through many of the psalms. We're going to hit Psalm 8, Psalm 73, Psalm 32, 133, 50. We're going to end in Psalm 23, one of the most famous psalms. And we're going to have a wonderful time. You're not going to want to miss any Sunday because we're going to spend some time awakening our souls, studying The scriptures. And this morning we're going to start at the very first psalm. And it's a psalm that sets the context for the rest of the book. It's a psalm for all of us who want to live a fully alive life. It's a psalm of wisdom. It's a psalm instructive to all of us who want to live and not just sleep through life. Psalm 1 is found on page 532 in your pew Bibles. The words will also be on the screen. But Psalm 1, verse 1, reads this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. And his leaf does not wither, whatever he does prosperous blessed happy this is the man who knows god and walks according to his ways he does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers instead he's like a tree planted by streams of water yielding its fruit in season his leaf does not wither he's like a beautiful old fully alive tree a couple of months ago I was mowing my lawn and I mowed my lawn over the last number of years and there's this tree in my yard that I don't pay that much attention to because every time I look at it it doesn't have any leaves it, it's the same size it kind of looks like this tree here it's kind of short, doesn't have much leaves. And I go by this tree often as I am moving along. But for whatever reason, I just noticed it. And I says, this tree has been the same looking tree for the last two years. Because it's dead. It's got no life. It doesn't have any tree, any, any leaves. It's leafless. It's dying. It's dead. It's the complete opposite of the tree that we read about in Psalm 1. Psalm 1. It's a tree that's got leaves. It's by a river. It's got, it's got full of life and growth and health. It's prosperous and stable and strong. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the person who follows God's ways because he's like a tree. He's big. He's beautiful. He's healthy. And strong and prosperous like a tree planted by a stream of water. But not so with the wicked. Verse 4. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff. The wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Because they're like chaff. In contrast to the, to the tree, The wicked are like chaff, and I don't know if you know what chaff is, but those of you familiar with the farming community, you know what chaff is. Chaff is the seed covering. Chaff is the debris. Chaff is the stuff that falls to the ground after you lift up the the seeds, and the wind blows, and the seeds fall, and the chaff blows away, like the picture. There's often you can see, mostly in the developing world, where you'll see someone goes something like this, they'll and then the chaff blows away, and they'll lift up the seat, and the chaff will blow away. and they'll lift up the seat, and the chaff blows to the ground, because it's useless. It's dead. It's empty. And so is the person that stands in the way of sinners and sits with the seat of mockers, the unrighteous person that can't stand in the assembly of the righteous, is like chaff, dead and lifeless. And the psalmist creates this wonderful contrast. The psalmist creates this wonderful contrast between the way of life, the way of wisdom, the way of a tree, and the way of chaff. The way of death. The way of an empty soul. Forcing us as the readers to make a choice. Do I want to live a life of wisdom? Of health and growth? Fully alive? Or do I want to live a life that's empty, dead, with no life? The psalmist creates this alternative there's there's two choices he doesn't give us a third choice he says you can either choose the way of wisdom and life and health or you can choose the way of death that's empty that will deaden your soul but you got to make a choice that's what we have to do at the beginning of this series at the beginning of this book of psalm we must each one of us make a choice answer this question which path do i want to take Which path am I currently walking on? The way of wisdom that leads to health and life or the way of chaff that leads to death and emptiness? I'm reminded of a quote that a mentor friend of mine said to me when I was in graduate school. He said these words, they still ring true in my mind today. He said this, you're as close to God as you choose to be. Isn't that a great statement? You're as close to God as you choose to be. To be, and that's what the psalmist is saying to us. You have to make a choice. You can choose to be big and bright and beautiful in the Lord, or you can choose the path that's lifeless, empty, and dead like chaff. The question is what path do you want to take? How close you, to God do you choose? to be? Do you want to awaken your soul and live? And I know that's why most of us are here this morning, because we want to live. We don't want to go through the motions. We don't want to live an empty life. We don't want to just go on autopilot. We want to live. We want to live a full, abundant, free life. We want to live wide awake. And did you notice the instructions that the psalmist gives us this morning for all of us that want to live a fully alive life? The psalmist wrote these words, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Meaning there's some things that you must not do. There's some things that you need to stop doing. There's some things in your life that you need to avoid. If you want to be healthy and strong like a tree, you've got to stop walking in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, and sitting in the seat of mockers. And did you notice the progression? It begins with just walking. You're, you're walking along in your day. You're walking along in your life. You're kind of minding your own business and someone comes up and walks alongside you. And all of a sudden, you're walking in the counsel of of the wicked, but then you stand and the conversation goes a little bit longer and gets a little bit deeper and you stop on your walk and you stand a little bit. And then after you stand a little bit, some other people come around and you sit down and all of a sudden you're in the council of the wicked. You move from walking to standing to sitting and it was so subtle. I mean, it was so innocent. You were just hanging out with a couple of friends. You were just going out after work. You were just on the Internet. And all of a sudden, you find yourself sitting, becoming like those around you as a mocker, distant, drifted away from God. I'm reminded of a quote that a high school graduate told me a couple months ago. He said this, you're the sum total of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. Isn't that a great quote? You're the sum total of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. Not even the people that you like the most. Not even people that you enjoy the most. Who are the people that you're sitting with? Not just walking with or standing with, but people that you're sitting with. Because that's who you become. Proverbs said it this way. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. You don't even have to be a friend with a fool. You just have to be a companion. And all of a sudden, you suffer harm. So choose your friends wisely, because they have an enormous influence on your life. Soon you won't just be walking with them or standing with them. You'll be sitting with them and becoming one of them, drifting innocently but subtly away from God. And what God says to us is that there are relationships. There are activities. There are places that we go on the internet, in our business practices, with our coworkers and friends that hinder our relationship with God. And we need to stop them. We need to stop going into those relationships. You need to stop flirting with that guy. You need to stop watching that program. You need to stop doing those activities after work. Why? Because they deaden your soul. When you leave them, it feels like chaff, empty, dead. So stop it. Stop going there. And I know that things come to your mind when you think about the things in your relationship or your activities that deaden your soul. You leave those relationships, you leave those friends, you leave that activity, you leave that internet site, and you're empty inside. And God says, stop that. If you want to live fully alive, if you want to live wide awake, if you want your soul to truly live, then stop going to those places that deaden your soul. And start doing some new things. That's what the psalmist writes. He says, stop going to the places that deaden dead in your soul and start doing some things that will make you fully alive like a tree planted by streams of water. He says there are actually two things that you must do if you want to live wide awake, fully alive. If you want to awaken your soul, verse 2 says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Do you see what you need to do? Delight. In the law of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. If you want to be a productive, healthy, beautiful, vibrant soul, delight in the law of the Lord. And the law of the Lord is just the word of God, it's the instructions of God, it's the entire Bible. And the psalmist says read it, absorb it, delight in it, see it as valuable for your life, instructional for the choices that you make. Delight in the law of the Lord. I can remember when I started reading the Bible for myself. I I started when I was 18 years old. Before that, I I, I thought the Word of God was, was sort of this rule, set of rules, and some of the things that were trying to hold me down rather than build me up, so I didn't read the Bible that much. But when I was 18, I started reading the Bible for myself. I started in the Gospels read all about Jesus. I thought, man, this guy's great. And I, I read Psalms and Proverbs. And I thought to myself, where has this, been, this book been all my life? This, this book is great. It's got so much wisdom and life and help. And this guy, Jesus, it was amazing. I remember when I was uh, uh, 18, I was in my, in my room. And uh, I was reading the scriptures in the morning and the evening. And my brother said to me, he says, Chad, haven't you finished that book yet? <laughs> I see you reading that thing all the time. Haven't you finished it yet? I said, no, and I don't think I ever will. Because I delight in it. I love it. It gives me perspective. It gives me purpose. It gives me life. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said these words to his disciples. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they're life. They're meaning. There's perspective and joy. Simon Peter responded by saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words that nourish our souls. You have the words that awaken our souls to enable us to really live. I delight. I value your word. But that's not all the psalmist says to do. Verse 2, he says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And... He meditates on it day and night. Now, meditate is not a word that we often use today. And oftentimes we think of meditate in some other religious practices. But meditate simply means to chew, to ponder, to think about, to absorb. It's where we get the phrase, you got to chew on it. You know, I got to think about this for a little while. I got to chew on it. I got to ponder this. I got to absorb this. Anybody here like to go out? for dinner, for ought for, to eat to a restaurant for dinner. I see those sayings, okay. Anybody uh, have a favorite restaurant? You got a favorite restaurant? See okay, turn to your neighbor and just ask them, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? Just do that real quick. Turn to your neighbor, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? There's a lot of favorite restaurants out there. I did not think I'd have quite that, cl- that, that, that buzz about your favorite restaurant. And I think why is because we live in Maple Grove. And every restaurant that's ever been made is in Maple Grove. Let, just shout out some of your favorite restaurants. Jimmy John's, was that it? That's one of mine. What was it? Jimmy's. Is that right? Yes. Give me some more. Fuji? Up oh, Fuji. That's a good one. How about over here? Benihana. Anybody else like Benihana? All right. One more over here. The River Inn. That sounds nice. Chipotle. That's a good, that's a good one. All right. Here's a nice question. Are there any meat eaters in the house? Just raise your hand if you're a meat eater. You just love a good piece of meat. All right. Now, let, let me ask you. Those of you that are meat eaters, would you rather eat at, and here's a slide, McDonald's or Manny's Steakhouse? McDonald's. Okay, who wants to eat at Manny's Steakhouse? Okay, I see a lot of hands for Manny's Steakhouse. Now, I, uh, I picked up a, a friend of mine at the airport uh, earlier this summer, and I wanted to take him to a nice restaurant. And, and I was thinking Fat Lorenzo's. Right by the airport, I like Italian food. I thought, hey, we'll go to this small little place, Fat Lorenzo's. And I asked him, hey, what type of food do you like to eat? And he immediately said, Steak. I said, "Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not much of a steak eater. I don't, I don't get out for steaks very much." And I was thinking in my head, "You know, where's a good steakhouse?" And I thought of Manny's. Now, I've never been there myself. <laughs> I just heard that that was a good place to get a piece of steak. So I said, "Hey, I think I, I know of a place." We go through the, go from the airport, go downtown, stop at Manny's Steakhouse, and we, we go in and we sit down, and the waitress comes, and I knew I was in a special spot when the waitress came out and brought all the meat for you to order, right? They brought all the different slabs of beef, and he knew his meat, so he says, "I'll take that one," and I'll say, and I said, and I'll eat the other half that he doesn't eat because Manny's Steakhouse has got good steak, right? And and so we sit down and we have this piece of meat that my friend shows and something happened i took my first bite i was like wow this is pretty good (laughs) i took my second bite i said i don't think i've tasted anything like this before this is not like my mother's steak sorry mom this is really really good and i started to chew on this steak and there was like a party going on inside of my mouth One side of my mouth was jealous of the other side. It was just amazing the tasteful, the the, the taste that came through this steak. And then I noticed myself slowing down. I chewed a little slower. I absorbed the taste. I was thinking, man, this tastes really, really good. And that's meditation. It's like eating at your favorite restaurant. It's like eating a Manny's steak. It's slowing down and chewing and absorbing and pondering and consuming something tasteful that gives you life. That's what it means to meditate. And God says to each one of us this morning, if you want to live fully alive... If you want to be a tree by streams of water, I want you to meditate. I want you to absorb. I want you to ponder. I want you to chew on my word because it'll give you life and perspective and purpose. Over the last couple of years, we've been using the soap devotional. Craig mentioned it earlier this morning. And the soap devotional is simply... An acrostic that says, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. It's in your program. I highly recommend that you use it. And you simply start with Scripture. We'll use Psalm 1 as an example. And we read Psalm 1, and we reread Psalm 1. And then we start to ask ourselves, we make some observations. What words are being repeated? What's the main point? What are the illustrations that could bring out some truth that I could apply to my life? Why did God even put this in the Bible? We make some observations, we ask questions of the text, and then we have some application. And we say, hey, I wonder how this applies to me. If you take Psalm 1 as an example, you see this illustration between the chaff that is dead and lifeless, and the tree that's full of life, that is wise, blessed is the man that's like this tree, that's wise, and foolish is the man that lives a life that's empty, And so you make these observations as you read the text, and then you're forced to ask the question, I wonder which one I am. What path am I walking down? Do I really delight in God's Word? Am I meditating on God's Word day and night? And then you come to this application. The application, is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to avoid or a sin to confess? And as I've been studying Psalm 1, I had to confess a sin. I don't delight in God's Word quite the way I used to. I'm not meditating in God's Word quite as often as I'd like. Not day and night, certainly in the morning, but not day and night. It's not consuming me. I'm not meditating like a good steak. And then it comes to this prayer time. And the prayer is simply, God, make this truth that I read in your word true to me. I confess I'm not following this like I'd like to, so make me like a tree. That's how you apply God's word. Make me like the tree. I confess that I'm not quite there yet. I- I'm not choosing to follow God like I'd like to. Could you do something inside of me to desire your word and make me like a tree? That's how you meditate on God's word. It starts with Scripture. And then it goes to observation, application, and prayer. But it takes time. It takes a little time. You have to chew on it. You got to ponder it, absorb it. Because all too often, we grab for a cheeseburger on the run, and we think it's going to satisfy our soul, but it never does. So God says... To each one of us, I want you to chew on my word like your favorite meal, like a steak at Nanny's. I want you to chew on it, absorb it, let it sink and satisfy and awaken your soul. That's why I gave you the Bible, to awaken your soul and live. And I know you got a lot of things going on, I know you've got a lot of things at work, at home, at school. I know you've got a lot of things to do with your children, activities going on. And I know often you have to run to McDonald's to get a meal. But wouldn't it be nice every once in a while to go to Manny's? Wouldn't it be nice every once in a while to sit down and just chew and absorb and ponder God's Word to awaken and satisfy your soul? See, this is the way of wisdom. This is the way that we awaken our souls. This is what God wants for each one of us. We must stop doing some things. Stop doing the things that lead to chaff, that deaden our souls. And you know what those things are. And start doing the things that awaken our souls to delight and to meditate on God's word. That's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks as we study the book of psalms and wouldn't it be nice to live in a satis- with a satisfied soul i mean wouldn't it be nice to go into your workplace to go into your school to go into some of the challenging places that you go to with a satisfied soul wouldn't it be nice to be like this tree planted by streams of water one theologian said it best he said this you're a tree not a pipe now this might not be obvious at first But you're a tree, not a pipe. Uh, Both receive water. Water comes in one side of a pipe, goes out the other end, and it's still water. Water comes in from one side of a tree, out the other side comes fruit. It changes. That's who you are. As the water of the scriptures comes into your life, the fruit of the spirit comes out of your life because you are a tree, not a pipe. And the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes out of your minds because you're alive. You've awakened your soul. And isn't that what you want? To be a tree, not a pipe? Isn't that what we all want? To live fully alive? That's what we're going to do. Over the next few weeks, we're going to study the book of Psalms. We're going to read, reread, ponder, meditate on the Psalms, and we're going to live because Irenaeus was right when he wrote, the glory of God is man fully alive. We're not going to sleep through school. We're not going to sleep through church. We're not going to sleep through our relationships at work or at home. We're not going to live a life of chaff that's foolish. We're going to choose the path of wisdom and really live. We're going to meditate, ponder, and chew on God's word. Heavenly Father, we pause and thank you for the truths in your word and how you gave us a wonderful gift when you gave us the Bible. Help us today become like a tree. And I know many of us here, including myself, oftentimes feel like chaff. Help us to. Walk away from the things that deaden our souls and walk toward the one thing that will always satisfy our souls. To you and to your word and to a conversation with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. So Father, as we begin this series in the book of Psalms, my simple prayer is this. Awaken our souls, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.